Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Today, my name is Terry Fletcher. So I know that last week I mentioned I was going to do a segment on pre-ops, and I'm actually saving that for next week because I was on Hashtag Terry Tuesday, the compliance guy, with Sean Weiss this week and we talked about it so you can actually go find that segment and I'm going to talk about it next week also on the CodeCast but something came to my attention this week several times and I really wanted to kind of address it because it's been a hot topic lately and it's creeping back up as far as topics that are important and to make sure you stay in compliance and you don't go crazy (laughs) with um, coding something that you maybe didn't know wasn't codable. And I know a lot of physicians are jumping on certain added value services and thinking, oh, I can bill it for anybody. And it doesn't work that way with everything. Remember, there are codes in the CPT book that may not be covered or only have limited coverage based on the diagnoses that are allowed for certain things. And so I wanna thank uh, Sharice Lee. She was very kind and sent me an email and just said, hey, Terry, love your podcast. And it's come at a very timely point in my career. And she says she's never missed an episode. That's a lot of episodes. We're over 300 episodes now. So I really appreciate that over the last five and a half years. Um, But one thing she'd asked, she says, I wonder if you would ever consider doing your podcast on compliance for registered dietitian space. And I'm going to include nutritionists in this space as well, because it is a rapidly growing group of practitioners. There's not a lot of guidance, and especially post-PHE. And uh, a lot of uh, individual large groups, also some single practitioners, um, they tend to be billing for services of medical nutritional therapy or even trying E&M codes along with behavioral health services and not understanding what is compliant billing practices, appropriate documentation, and also if you're doing it via telehealth, you have to make sure that it's appropriate or it's on the list and I'm talking about Medicare and and you have to find out what is appropriate for commercial plans but remember a nutritionist or registered dietitian an RD they are not considered qualified healthcare providers so when you look at CPT and it says QHPs that's not them so they have very limited services on what they can code or bill for. So let's take a look at what that possibly could be. And a couple of my Coding Corner um, members also sent me some questions. So thank you to BSW Health, Caroline. Um, We were talking about this this week as well. So it was very timely to ask to cover this in the podcast. So the first question that was brought to me was the patient has been prescribed bariatric surgery for potential weight loss and the physician has requested they complete a rigorous prep program with a registered dietitian prior to the surgery, what would be the most appropriate code for billing those cases conducted by the registered dietitian? So what do, what do those classes include? Let's take a look. I think you might be surprised at the list because some of it looks like activities of daily living, but they actually include introduction class to weight loss surgery, a nutrition consult, diet monitoring, learning assessments, label reading, eating out, protein drinks and supplements. So let's look at the coding. You've got 87802 and 87803 and 87804. So the first one is the initial assessment with the patient 15 minutes and that's individual. Then the 87803 is a reassessment face to face with the patient 
each 15 minutes and again individual. Then there's some medical nutritional therapy group, two or more individuals, 30 minutes, 87804. Then we've got some S codes, which are just for your MIPS, your PQRI, they're just informational. Um, the S9449 weight management classes, non-physician provider per session, uh, exercise classes, non-physician provider per session, and then nutrition classes, non-physician provider per session, S9451, S9452. Now remember, these are the codes, but we have to talk about coverages. So even though the codes exist in the CPT book, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's payable. And I think people miss that point sometimes. So the other question was, additionally, are nutritional visits after the bariatric surgery, are they billable by the RD or are they included in the post-operative period? And there is a Medicare LCD on this talking about post-operative care, and it talks about it for dietary issues, include vitamins, minerals, you know, nutritional supplementation, exercise, lifestyle changes, etc. It says this has to be reinforced by counseling or support groups or supervised by the physician, and this is part of the long-term care. So this is part of that three follow-up visits with the bariatric surgery team within the first year. There's global considerations also. So are these billable? Well, this is the first thing I had to send to that question, and it was interesting because some people aren't aware of this and this was on a medicare faq sheet when it comes to medical nutritional therapy and it it talks about when a dietitian or nutritionist sees a patient so their services are not necessarily covered for obesity or any kind of bariatric surgery add-on um, is it necessary probably absolutely that's a physician's call but as far as insurance coverage it's not necessarily covered. And we really have to talk about that because we see so much of this billed incorrectly. And then I get questions saying, well, can I bill it as an office visit? Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. I've had two clients in the past 20 years that have tried to bill um, medical nutritional therapy under the nurse visit. Because again, remember, this is not a qualified healthcare provider and they're trying to bill it incident to the physician and Medicare took all the money back both times. They said, no, we told you that there are, you know, services that are covered and that's not one of them. And so you have to be if on certain conditions or for that obesity or prior to the bariatric surgery. And again, the only way that it really helps as far as from a standpoint of a non-diabetic patient or non-chronic kidney disease patient um, is in your bonuses when it comes to uh, MIPS, MACRA, you know, quality uh, payments. So let's take a look further at this. And you really want to make sure that you always do your due diligence before you start charging for any new uh, service at all because you just never know what the, the actual uh, coverages are. And it's not just Medicare, but Medicare does have most of it in black and white so you can actually see it. So here is my response to the question. So you have to check with individual commercial plans and what they'll cover. But Medicare is clear for, for obesity. They will cover screening, one, and then up to two behavioral health visits if qualified, and there's some rules on that. But the medical nutritional therapy is only for chronic kidney disease or diabetic patients. So when a dietitian or nutritionist sees a patient for their services, they're not covered for bariatric patients. Again, it's nice to have, but patients would most likely have to pay for it themselves. Now, the question, follow-up question was, is it not covered as medical nutritional therapy due to the nature of service? 
um, not related to the treatment. And again, there are certain LCDs and national coverage determinations for codes in the CPT book that allow the codes to be reimbursed, but only for a certain diagnosis. For those cardiology coders out there, think about this. You do a heart cath for, let's say, shortness of breath and angina, and during that heart cath, the doctor does an abdominal aortogram, where shortness of breath and angina are gonna pay for that. You would have to have some kind of aortic insufficiency or uncontrolled hypertension or renal disease to be able to get that paid. If you report it with you know, the diagnosis for the heart, it's gonna be denied. Very similar, th- I want to say very similar concept here is that the services may be covered, but they may may not be covered for the diagnosis of the patient, or there may be um, a diagnosis link that's very uh, minimal in what they'll actually cover. And again, you know, registered dietitians, they are tied to the diagnosis that is under the policies for the payer. If it's if it's routine or if it's something again for weight loss um, and diet and things like that, as much as that's a value added service, it's lifestyle medicine for most payers. And so it's not always something that is going to be uh, reimbursed. And so just to clarify and kind of wrap this up a little bit. So MNT for bariatric surgery. When a dietitian or nutritionist sees a patient, they're not covered for most bariatric patients. Again, nice to have, but most likely patients would have to pay for it itself. Um, Aetna says member has attempted weight loss in the past without successful long-term weight reduction, and the member has participated in an intensive multi-component behavioral intervention designed to help participants achieve or maintain weight loss through a combination of dietary changes and increased physical activity. But then they talk about what the criteria has to be for that. And so they talk about members' participation in an, in an intensive multi-component behavioral intervention must be documented in the medical record. Uh, it has to show a summary letter. Um, it has to show that medical records um, show an assessment of the member's progress through the course of the nutrition and exercise program. And for members who participate in this behavioral intervention, they have to show they're on Weight Watchers or Metafast or some kind of, I'm assuming, commercial diet program. And they have to have records documenting these programs. And again, progress has to be in there. Um, They talk about the behavioral intervention could be in person or remote and maybe group or individual based and must be intensive. So they say that 12 or more sessions on separate dates over any duration of time, and it has to occur within two years prior to surgery. So that's Aetna. So I saw one for United Healthcare. They talk about it and they basically say, we'll pay for screening for obesity and we'll pay for, for behavioral health and we'll pay for one nutritional, medical nutritional therapy based on a patient who actually has a BMI of over 45 and who has um, morbid obesity and they have to be over 75 pounds overweight. So you have to really check your uh, commercial payer policies, but be very clear, very clear on Medicare. Um, It has to be tied to chronic kidney disease or diabetes. And the diabetes has to be type two, so it would have to potentially be insulin dependent or medicine dependent. And it's it's really something that you want to consider. So the, the kind of the lesson here is that if it is a service that you can find with a CPT book or with a CPT code, I should say, it's not 
necessarily covered. It is a, it is recognized. And then it's up to you to do your due diligence to figure out if that, if that coverage um, is appropriate for those codes. So, tr and then the other thing, and this is something that's really important. The question was, can I go ahead and bill it a 99211 a nurse visit under the physician. No, no, and no. I mentioned it before. If I didn't mention it before, I'm doing it again, so I'm repeating myself here a little bit. But you can get in so much trouble for trying to bill an ENM service when another code exists. Remember, what the dietitian or the nutritionist is doing is they're doing medical nutritional therapy. They're doing counseling, and those codes exist. They just may not be reimbursed, and you can't find a code just to get it paid. I had a recent Coding Corner client um, member, and um, if she's listening to me today, she knows who she is. I'm sorry, but I, I have to put it out there. So she was asking about billing a subcutaneous uh, pacemaker, and those are still under clinical trials. And so she said, well, um, can I just bill it as a regular pacemaker so that I can get it paid? Oh, no, 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 no. Remember, we cannot manipulate the CPT coding for payment. The very first area or very first definition of how to code for you know, CPT, and if you're a coder, you know this, it says do not approximate a code. If a code exists, you have to use that in lieu of using a code that it just comes close. Or you have to use unlisted. And if you have a code, then unlisted would not be appropriate. So I hope this helped everyone, not just with the coding, but understanding the services when it comes to registered dietitians and to nutritionists, because I think their services are definitely needed, you know, in primary care setting, general surgery, bariatric setting. But again, it's it's more lifestyle medicine according to the payers. And so do your due diligence. You know what Medicare says now and make sure that uh, you check on what the commercial plans say. So everyone, that's it for me today. Make it a great day. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>